Hi, and welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor of Computer World. I'm here today with our Windows expert, Preston Growla, from various undisclosed locations in the United <laughs> States. Uh, quick reminder, if you're watching us on the uh, Computer World LinkedIn Live page, please leave a question or comment for us. If you've got questions for Preston while we're on the air, we'll try to get to them. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please, as always, subscribe and uh, play nicely in the comments if you uh, have something to say. Uh, Preston, it's great to see you, even from uh, from a long distance. Uh, yes, a lot has happened here. since the last time we since the last time we had a chance to talk about Windows. Uh, yes. you know, obviously the pandemic, and uh, you've got a column up that uh, we posted this week on Computer World, talking about how you know what's going on with the pandemic, maybe playing into or changing uh, some of the things Microsoft may have already had in mind. What? T tell me a little bit more about what your thinking is there and, and how you see this unfolding from Microsoft before we get into the Windows 10 questions. Yeah, what I did is in that column is I looked at to the pr through the prism of specifically Windows, not Microsoft as a whole, but specifically what does the coronavirus mean for the future of Windows? And uh, first there's something simple, short term, and that is, um, Microsoft typically once a month they issue a patch and the patch might have bug fixes, a couple of minor features, uh, maybe security patches in there too, maybe not. Um, because, the, because of the pandemic, because it's very hard for IT to keep everything running, patches are a little more difficult for them. Microsoft for the foreseeable future is saying no more regular patches, security patches only. So there'll be fewer patches that will help IT be able to keep up with things. And uh, that's very short term, but most of the column and most of what I've been thinking about is what does the coronavirus mean long term for Microsoft? Now, you and I have talked a lot about what's the future of Windows. Everybody talks, you know, asks questions about the future of Windows. And I've been saying for a long time, well, what you see today in Windows is what you're going to see tomorrow. But I think with the pandemic, that's going to change potentially drastically. And, and here's why. Um, you know, the business world oddly has changed, obviously has changed by the pandemic. Um, uh, people are working remotely, people are working from home. And uh, recently there was uh, an earnings call with Microsoft about their earnings and Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft talks them. The first thing he said is he said, if you look at Teams, Microsoft's collaboration tools, including video, if you look at that in January, there were 20 million users each day. By the end of April, that went up to 75 million users. Um, now, what does this mean? Well, obviously, during the short term in the pandemic, people have had to change how they work quickly. They're going to turn to collaboration tools. Um, Satya Nadella put it well. Nadella put it well. He said that um, in the last two months, we've seen two years of digital transformation. He went on to say, and what we're, Microsoft is working to do now is to make remote everything possible. Now you could say, well, that's the pandemic. How long will that be? A year, maybe two years. So that's a blip. But I believe that Microsoft knows, as most of all, all of us has to come to terms with, it's not a blip. Um, we've had other pandemics that are smaller pandemics, Mars and SARS. And SARS. Um, pandemics are going to be in our future. Maybe not as bad as this one, but certainly epidemics certainly uh, diseases that shut down maybe entire continents, maybe just cities. We have global warming and in global warming, we've already had more powerful storms and more of them. And so what all this means is disruption has become the new normal. I think that's what the working world has, has realized with this 
pandemic. This is the future. It is not a blip. This is the future. It's not going to be an everyday future, but it is. we have to live with disruption as being part of our normal working life. And that means businesses have to adjust to that. And that means technology has to adjust to that. And that means Windows has to adjust to that. And I think that ultimately what's going to happen is that collaboration tools and collaboration will be built directly into Windows. I think the first thing will happen is that there will be some form of Teams that will ship as part of Windows. Uh, Microsoft did this with OneDrive. OneDrive is their cloud storage. It worked really well for the company. Um, they gave a certain amount of cloud storage to people. If you want more cloud storage, you pay more. Uh, OneDrive has now become incredibly popular because of that. I believe they're going to do the same thing with Teams. But I, So I think at first what's going to happen is it will be sort of tapped onto Windows. But I think over time, it will be integrated directly into Windows. Not necessarily only Teams, probably collaboration tools that we don't even imagine yet. But I think that's the future. For example, let's say um, the file system. Well, one of the important things you need to do is you need to feel, uh, share files with, with each other. Uh, for example, Microsoft years ago bought uh, GitHub, which is a code repository. And the point of that, of course, is collaboration for any number of people with code repositories. Well, people need to share files with each other. It's not so easy to do that right now. So I can imagine file collaboration built into Windows at very, you know, down at the, um, the Explorer level, way down at the file, file level. And, and so I think that's coming. And how it'll work, I don't know, but I think that eventually we're all gonna be working not just for a company, but for, we have to think of department teams, sub-department teams, ad hoc teams, project teams. So I think that Windows eventually becomes a multi-user operating system, not a single-user operating system. I don't think that means that people will share licenses and use the same version of the software as much as it means that built into Windows everywhere will be a way to collaborate with people. I think maybe it might be voice-guided, you know, instead of having to type in stuff, you might be able to actually use Cortana to do something useful for a change, you know? You might yeah. say, uh, you know, launch my, um, my um, budget project team. And boom, it gets launched. You know, so I, I think that eventually that is where Windows will go. How long it takes, I don't know. It certainly can happen fast. But like I said, I think disruption is the new normal in business and in technology. So I think that's the future of Windows. Yeah, you know, I have to I have to agree with you because I think that one of the things we're learning now is that as companies have been forced to distribute their workforce and completely change business processes right and left, invest in a lot of software and invest in training, getting people up to speed for doing things like this. Uh, I find it hard to believe that all of that investment is just gonna poof, go away if and when right. the pandemic ends. And I agree with you that uh, collaboration, we've seen a lot of that in computer world, a lot of interest in collaboration tools as companies are trying to figure out what's the best tool, uh, how do they use it, what's coming next. Uh, and so I agree, you know, the idea that uh, Microsoft might build teams into Windows or at least integrate them in a way that makes more sense than they, you know, than the separate, the, the separate way they're done now, right. um, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, let me let me switch gears real quick and just ask you, you know, we're, we're already into the first week of May and presumably Windows 10 2004 will be out, we're assuming next week. Any, uh, we're not really expecting any major changes there. That's probably like the last release from the old world as opposed to the next release of the new normal, right? 
Yeah, and you know, what's kind of surprising about it is, and you're right, there's not, I'll talk a little bit uh, in a minute or two about what's new. And what surprised me a little bit all along the development cycle, because I've watched the entire cycle, what surprised me is how minor an upgrade it is. Because remember, the last six-month upgrade, Microsoft typically had been on twice-a-year upgrades. And we skipped one last time around. It was just kind of a service pack. So you would think that Microsoft would have a lot of new stuff because it's been an entire year. I think this might be the first time ever in Windows 10 that it's been an entire year rather than once every six months. And there's not a lot here. Um, so now to the specifics, Cortana. Cortana has now been separated into its own app. So it's a... Um, it runs in its own window. You can use it like any other app. You can resize it. You can move it around, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the main change to it. Uh, what that means, by the way, one good thing about that is that means that uh, Microsoft will be able to update it, not twice a year, but whenever they want. Whenever there's a Windows update, they could, they could then update it instead of having to wait, wait six months or an entire year. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing that kind of surprised me is, is, is Microsoft actually made Cortana less powerful, not more powerful. It took away some features. It took away the consumer kind of features. It took away playing music, for example. It took away um, controlling your home. It can't do that stuff anymore, which really did surprise me. Now, Microsoft make a big deal saying, well, this is a step forward because now you'll be able to do more with Cortana. Now you'll be able to... Um, Check your meetings, create new meetings, um, uh, create to-dos, all that kind of stuff. Well, Cortana's been able to do that for at least three years. I mean, I, I went, I thought, am I hallucinating? Have I misremembered something, to use a phrase an old president used to use? I mean, what, what's going on? So I did some research, and I found Microsoft help documents from 2017, and all the things that Cortana is supposedly now can do, couldn't do before, it was doing back at least as far as 2017. So I'm a little, a little baffled by Microsoft's statement about that. But, but um, so that's with Cortana. Uh, now you have Cortana now is therefore completely separate now from search. So we think, okay, now Microsoft can do great new stuff with search, but it really has not done great new stuff with search. Um, one potential thing, good thing that Microsoft did is um, the way search works is that, uh, that it, I think it was with the last revision, I can't remember, but anyway, what it does is it's constantly indexing your hard disk to make search faster. And in this version of Windows, um, it watches out to see what you're doing on your PC. If you're using your PC for anything important, it'll stop that indexing and supposedly it'll speed up your PC. I don't know if I don't do important things with my PC or what, but um, I haven't noticed any performance boost. Um, so there's that too. The other thing that Microsoft said was new in, in, um, in search was that across the bottom of the screen, there would be icons for news and weather and all kinds of things like that. So if you want to get, get the latest news, you just have to click them. And that is somewhat new, although the truth is if you have the existing version of Windows, the latest version of it, uh, Microsoft recently released uh, an upgrade to that that built that same feature in the existing version of Windows. So the truth is it's not, it's only new in the sense that it hasn't been in a version of Windows before, but if you have the current version of Windows, you have that in your search already. Um, few other things, uh, task manager for those who like to geek out, including yours truly. Uh, there are a few kind of nice things. Uh, if you've ever wanted to know the temperature of your GPU, you can do it. 
You know, that I have to admit, I'm going to jump in and say, I, I, I kind of like to do that too. I, I'm obviously a, an Apple guy, but on the Mac side, I've got this utility that tells me like, you know, what RPMs my fans are blowing and, uh, you know, the GPU temperature and the CPU temperature and all that stuff. I like that. So I, I can understand why that's a fun thing in Windows. Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. And I think people who love Windows and love technology love that kind of stuff, too. The other thing, by the way, Task Manager does, it now sh shows you the, the type of your hard disk. It never showed that before. And um, do you really need to know it? Probably not. But and if you're in IT, you do need to know it. And so it's it's good for them. But uh, I, I like it. I mean, I, that's, to me, one of those hidden fun things that I actually really like. Apart from that, there is some new things and settings that are nice, for example, uh, for network settings. Um, you can now see all the network settings that used to be kind of all over the place. You can now see them in one place. So, you know, not a, not a lot of highlights here. And, um, you know, there is nothing big, nothing new, nothing big like timeline, nothing like a feature that Microsoft had been working on called sets, which would allow you to have um, multi applications in multiple tabs in the same application. Like, for example, in File Explorer, you could have a tab with Excel, a tab with Word, a tab with PowerPoint, a tab with whatever you want. So you could sort of work on a project type of basis so that you'd call up one document. Every tab would have a different aspect of that document. It would have been great. Uh, Microsoft's been talking about it for years. It didn't do it this time around and had a whole year to do it. I, I can't imagine that it's going to live. I think it'll be dead. And I think right now, like we talked about a few minutes ago with, with collaboration being so important, I think Microsoft has other things they want to do to Windows rather than put sets in there. You know, that's pretty much it. To go back to your earlier point too, I do wonder, you know, at a time when obviously Microsoft is not rolling out big wow features, it doesn't seem like the middle of a pandemic is the time you would want to be trying to do that either. You know, <laughs> simplicity true. is a good thing. Right. And uh, so I doubt we're going to see anything uh, later this year, unless it is something around, you know, more collaborative um, apps or options for, for Windows users. Uh, just to close the loop. So do we think uh, the, the operating assumption is that uh, Windows 10 2004 will be out on uh, the, well, patch this month's patch Tuesday? That's what everybody seems to believe. It seems to be the time. Uh, Microsoft, it's certainly been done for a while. I and mean, I've been using it for quite a while. And um so I, who knows, of course, but I can't see a reason unless there's some weird last minute glitch that Microsoft won't release it then. But it seems to me like it makes makes plenty of sense. Okay, good, got it. Uh, I was just checking in with Michelle Davidson, our uh, social media guru. We do have a few questions. Some of these are gonna probably fall into that uh, too specific to answer category, mm -hmm. but uh, let me just fire these off to you real quick and we can see if there's any, any insights you might have. Actually, this one just came in today and somebody's asking, uh, is there a VPN solution that we can expect from Microsoft? That's an interesting question. And, you know, I think that that falls under the kind of a collaboration features that we were talking about recently. It would not surprise me in the least to see it coming. Now, I don't know when it would come, but actually, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, if I, whoever asked that question, thank you. I wish I had heard it a while ago. I would have included it in my column. But, um, I think that uh, it, it almost seems inevitable right now. I can't, no one can guarantee it, but it certainly seems like the right thing to do, especially given that Microsoft expects that much more collaboration. You would think that they would want to include a VPN tool in Windows. Right, I agree. A uh, couple of questions. These were um, left with us earlier. So this is sort of pre-pandemic, I think. But uh, 
somebody writes in saying immediately after upgrading to Windows 10 from Windows 7 using the digital license, my built-in webcam stopped working. Any solution to this? And this is somebody that's using an HP Elite, um, I guess, laptop. Yeah, you know, not a good time. Not a good time for your webcam to stop working <laughs> if you're doing remote work. I I can assure you. So I'm sure they've got a crisis here. Yeah, I feel so. You know, uh, I do feel for that person. I don't know what can be done about it, and the reason I don't know is that uh, we've talked about this before. Ken, Windows uh, runs on a zillion different kinds of computers that have a zillion different kinds of add-ins and hardware, different drivers, even different versions of the same device and because of that we can't answer a, a question like that I, so um i will say one thing though it, which is that um whenever you upgrade to a big upgrade from like windows 7 to windows 10 that's a sort of a big jump up in your operating system and whenever you do that you are risking your hardware your printer your scanner your video cam i mean name it whatever piece of hardware you have you're risking it not working because a lot of times when they go to the newest uh, version of Windows, they drop support for some old hardware. Now, I don't know if this person's webcam is old or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if either support was dropped or something like that. So that would be my guess. So one thing to take away from this is in a time of pandemic, like you say, don't upgrade your operating system if you have hardware that needs to work. Now, one thing that did strike me is, is to this person is Go into device manager and uh, you could do that. Go into the search box, box, type in device manager. You should see a link to device manager. And if you go through device manager, look for that device. Um, it probably will be there and it might have sort of like a little red symbol next to it that says it doesn't work. My, there's a lot of different things you could do. The first thing you could do is right click it and that often will let you update its driver. So um, Got it. I would try that. I would try updating the driver. It's almost certainly a driver problem. I can't guarantee it's a driver problem, but it's almost certainly a driver problem. And the other thing to do would be go to the website of the manufacturer of that webcam and um, go to the driver section and see if they have a Windows 10 driver. And if they do, download that driver and then install the new driver. That's your best bet. Yeah, I was actually going to suggest the same thing that sometimes you just have to go to the manufacturer and see if right. there's an updated driver that uh, might replace the one that is no longer working. It's interesting because Michelle had just noted that in addition to that question, there are a number of people asking the same kind of questions and uh, related to webcams in particular. Huh. And it's very possible that, you know, they didn't use their webcam before, didn't need to use the webcam right. before. And, and now all of a sudden they're working from home, they have to do meetings and the webcam isn't working and they're trying to, to suss it out. So, so yeah, there's your advice, you know, check for yeah. drivers, check device manager, see if you can figure it out from there and probably hold off on doing some updates right now until you make sure everything works properly. I would absolutely. In fact, you know what, that brings up to the, the, the update probably coming next week. It's a minor enough update that my recommendation to everybody, especially that you wanna make sure everything keeps to running, is don't go to it. I mean, in a time where your computer is your link to the world, I wouldn't upgrade anything. Got it, understood. Uh, one other question that, uh, and again, I think this is gonna fall into sort of the uh, too specific for us to be able to answer, but uh, one of the viewer writes in, I had Office 365 free version with my Lenovo laptop now, after reinstalling Windows 10, I'm unable to access Office 365 desktop version. 
Can you help? <laughs> there are probably uh, a lot of companies like you to be able to help if you could figure that one out. Yeah, you know, same answer as before. It's, you know, the Windows, uh, you know, operating system, the Windows world, the Windows environment, too complex. Um, I, I do, as I think about it, though, I do have one recommendation, which is, you know, um, the sit, the version of Windows, the version of Office 3, of, well, is this Office, if your version of Office is not actually Office 365, but is actually just the sort of the license, the perennial license version, whatever Microsoft is talking about, it calls it these days. In other words, there's two versions of Office. One version of Office is you buy it for a certain amount of money and um, you get to use it forever and you never have to pay another penny. Uh, the issue with that, that sounds great, except that it means you also get no new features from when, from Office 3 Office. So I, I'm not a big fan of that. I really like Office 365 because you pay a subscription, you install it on as many devices as you want, and in addition to that, it's constantly upgraded. So to this person, if you had what they call the perennial license of Office, my suggestion would be bite the bullet and subscribe to Office 365, and then you'll be able to get it. And check, you know, right. check also, you know, maybe you were subscribed to Office 365, so maybe you had a key around somewhere or something like that. Maybe, you know, check with Microsoft with their help, maybe send an email, maybe it was tied to an email address, you know, try to find that license key in some way if you possibly can. And if not, you might just be forced to, um, to get a new version of Office. And if you do, like I said, I strongly suggest Office 365 subscription rather than the uh, whatever Microsoft calls sort of the one-shot deal version of Office. Got it. Okay. And one last question. This one's actually coming from me and then I, I will have to let you go. But uh, lately, Microsoft has been talking about uh, rebranding Office 365 and making it Microsoft 365 for some versions. And, you know, and, and I, we've been talking about it in-house about, you know, Office is such a, a well-known brand. Why would Microsoft sort of want to muddy the waters in terms of confusing people around Office 365, Microsoft 365? Any idea or thoughts what's going on there, or is it just Microsoft being Microsoft? Yeah, one word, stupidity. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I have never come across a company that did such a spectacularly bad job of branding. Microsoft does this all the time. This is not new. Microsoft does this every chance it could get. And it's even worse than that they had a, a brand called Office 365, and now they're calling it Microsoft 365. As it turns out, they are still going to use the word Office 365, but for the enterprise versions of Office. So now you'll have Office 365 and Microsoft 365, except Microsoft 365 will be one version of Office 365, and Office 365 will be another version of Office 365. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I never know what's going on with Microsoft when it comes to branding. My expectations are is it'll remain completely muddled for a long time and then. They'll figure it out. I, I don't know. I, this is, I've actually talked to one of the Microsoft editors, Val Potter, about this. And Val and I have frequently lamented how Microsoft does this. Partly we've lamented it because that's our job to bring clarity to confusion. And we can't do that with Microsoft branding. You can't make it clear. It can't be done. But um, I don't get it either. Okay, so for, for people who may have seen some of those stories, and we are still looking into it, uh, who may be confused, then that's okay, because right. it's confusing. Got it. Understood. If you're, if you're um, confused, okay. you're smart. Yeah, it means you get it. 
Exactly. Okay. Well, Preston, I, I should let you go. Um, I've got another meeting, believe it or not, to go okay. to in this new normal world that we're in. Um, but it's it's great to hear from you and get some advice on Windows and Microsoft in particular. Uh, obviously, we will do this again. Yep. Um, so thanks for being here, first of all. Great. Thanks uh, for having me. Sure. Absolutely. Um, again, as a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to the channel. You can leave some comments, questions for us there. Same thing if you're looking at us on the Computer World LinkedIn Live page, please follow the page. Uh, coming up next week, uh, Juliet on uh, Today in Tech is going to be talking with John Gold from Network World about healthcare and IoT, which is obviously a big topic right now. Uh, you definitely want to check back on that. I believe that's coming up next Wednesday. Uh, so for now, I think that'll do it again. Thanks, Preston, for being here. I'm Ken Mingus from Computer World. Check back with us again next time for another episode about Windows 10, and we'll answer some more questions. Thanks for watching. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.